Welcome to Wow Soch, a show where we take you on a literary journey with award-winning authors and what makes the Valley of Words such a spectacular literature fest, running its fifth edition this year. So very very good morning to everyone and we have the privilege and honor to host today uh, uh, in our IS Literary Society of Rajasthan our very very esteemed and very very special guest the director of the Lal Bahadur Shastri Academy of Administration at Masuri Dr Sanjeev Chopra a serving and very very senior uh, Indian administrative service officer Sir, it is a great honor and a pleasure to have you virtually with us to attend this session uh, uh, from Masuri. Uh, I'm sure the climate is much better in Masuri than it is in Rajasthan. Uh, so very, very warmly welcome you, sir, to our uh, virtual uh, talk session today, sir. Thank you very much, Mukda. In fact, uh, the fact that I'm wearing my, my Jodhpur's, you know, in uh, Masuri, is a reflection of how Rajasthan and Missouri get connected and also gives you an idea of the sort of climate and temperature that we have here. Yes, it's very cool here and therefore cool greetings, a very cool response. I mean, not in the, but a very warm response uh, to your thing. It's a pleasure to be with you and I'm so glad that you kept the literary spark alive and uh, I'm very grateful to you for this opportunity as well. Thank you. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Thank you so much. I totally understand the cool part. It is spelled with a K, sir. Uh, <laughs> and you are one of the cool officers that I know, sir. So thank you very much, sir. And uh, I also very warmly welcome our lovely audience who is joining us uh, by and by because uh, we are streaming this live on our Facebook uh, page at IS Lit Talk. And very help, uh, very very happy to see uh, some known faces who've joined us today. Uh, just for the benefit of the audience, I like to let you know that last uh, Saturday also we had a fantabulous session with the photographer Aditya Arya, who did a virtual tour uh, of the museum. And uh, today we have with us uh, the director of the Lal Bahadur Shastri Academy of Administration at Missouri and uh, we will be in conversation with him on his forthcoming book Mapping of the Indian States Aspirations, Assertions and Adjustments. Uh, many many congratulations to you sir uh, and we are very very eagerly looking forward to the book uh, because from the little snippets that one has read on the Twitter thread uh, I think yeah. it will make for a very, very fascinating read and also a topic, I think, which has not really been touched so far. So uh, uh, on behalf of everybody who's here, our uh, encomiums to you, sir, and congratulations for transiting uh, into the world from where you had begun. Uh, uh, so many, many congratulations to you, sir. Thank uh, you so uh, much. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, okay. Sorry. Uh, I think I'd like to interview Sure, go ahead, sir. Uh, when is the book likely to come out, sir? That's going to take some time because, you know, I find that uh, that every chapter is becoming so interesting. You see, the whole idea came when I had taken this batch of the officer trainees to the survey, uh, to, to the survey general's office in Dehradun. And there one was seeing all the maps. I mean, how, uh, I mean, and, and I, I noticed that, you know, every time the boundaries of a state change, 
the Survey General of India issues a new map. And in fact, so it, it was there, it was around the middle of February that this thought came to my mind that, well, uh, you know, uh, nothing is written about a map whenever it is made because each map takes a lot of effort, each map makes a lot of sense, and each map is also, uh, you know, I started looking at various things around the map. Take, for example, you see the first maps in India, uh, 1947, 1950, 52, 54, the area uh, around Ladakh and all these places was shown as Tibet. Now, certainly in 1954, Tibet does not find a reference and Tibet becomes China. So it's, I started thinking, you know, that what actually happens, it is not that that area has suddenly, you know, uh, from Tibet it has become China. It is just that our perception of the area changes. So the map remaining the same, the area remaining the same, and especially the, the time from 47 to 50 were remarkable times. I mean, parts of Pakistan like Bhavalpur are shown in Punjab state. So that is what put me onto this journey of looking at at maps and so what my thought was that you know we've had so far i mean although we have we, we now have 29 states but there are about 32 editions of the map of india post uh, post 1947 so the idea was to write one chapter every time the map of india changed and every time the map of india changed there was a reason to it i mean whether that reason was caused by on account of the state's reorganization committee or whether it is the aftermath of a long struggle, or whether it is a decision like the like the making of Jammu Kashmir as a union territory and Ladakh as a separate union territory. But whenever a line is drawn on the map of any nation, especially a nation as big as ours, which is actually which is actually a continent, you know, uh, uh, so there's a lot of a, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of thought goes behind it. A lot of issues go behind it. So that's what I thought. It needs to be documented. It needs to be, you know, uh, we need to do, for example, you know, Rajasthan. I mean, how Rajasthan became Rajasthan. You had a, you, I mean, almost had one of your Rajas, you know, agreeing to go to Pakistan because uh, he was offered, uh, I mean, he was told that the Rajputs and Pathans are much more in common with each other. Both want to bear arms and I'll give a free, uh, so so we'll give a free reign to the, to the Rajputs. So, you know, a lot of very, very interesting things, you know, about, uh, so I think this is what set me on the journey of understanding uh, of, of how India is. And I think that we cannot really understand India unless we've looked at the at the configuration of maps. And that led me to read many more books. And then, you know, uh, you know, I actually wanted to, to use the word remapping of India, but that's already been taken by another author. But 15 years ago, Louis Tillin wrote about that and she called it remapping the Indian state. So I had to come up with a new name. And while coming up with a new name, I realized that every state, every linguistic group in this country aspires to something. So the, the Gurkhas want a Gurkha land. They, they aspire for it. They'll assert for it. And they'll adjust for the Gurkha council, for example. That's true for anybody because Punjab wanted a Maha Punjab, might want anything. You aspire for it. You try your agitation. So Feruman goes, he has a pass on to death. But at the end of the day, you get a truncated Punjab and you settle with it. You fight over Chandigarh, your aspiration is there. You assert your rights over there, but you are just. So it's actually the process of aspirations, uh, political aspirations, uh, the, the assertion, and that assertion takes the form of agitation, it takes the form of political uh, machination, it takes the form of a lot of concessions, uh, you know, so it brings in a lot of things. So that's how I started work on this project, which is turning out to be longer than I thought it would. And uh, so let's wait, hopefully sometimes early next year. <clears throat> uh, 
uh, sir, we need to introduce you to our audience. Uh, and I think this is a very, very contemporary topic uh, because uh, right now one of our neighbors up in the north is also kind of, uh, you know, trying to talk about redefining its own map. And Nepal is what I'm talking of. So I think this conversation fits in beautifully uh, in the contemporary time, especially as, uh, you know, COVID has also brought home the point that we live in a global world. Uh, but the borders, uh, we thought we were in a borderless uh, uh, times, but COVID has brought home this reality that actually the we might need to, with all the kind of restrictions, raise the borders once again, even if they are not uh, uh, the walls, as such, but maybe uh, in the form of uh, uh, visa restrictions or in the form of, uh, uh, you know, becoming more inward uh, looking, even as our immigrants and migrants return home. So I think very, very contemporary time, uh, the right man, the right book at the right time. <laughs> the right, so for, the right, right person to have a conversation with. <laughs> you have been kind, sir, as always. Uh, so I would like to now introduce Sir formally to our audience after that little kind of a snippet of a conversation on his book. Uh, so Sir is an uh, Indian Administrative Service Officer of the West uh, Bengal Cadre, uh, year 1985. He joined the service at the age of 24 years of age and has already done uh, more than three and a half decades in the service. He joined the director uh, of the Labasna on 1st of January 2019 and is already one and a half years in the job. Uh, when I joined as a probationer at Labasna, sir was already there as our deputy director and one of the coolest, most affectionate. And uh, I would say that he has always mentored and whenever I've met him, uh, I have found that even if it's for a brief cameo of a second, uh, I have always found the free flow of affection from his side. So I am extremely grateful and very, very uh, happy to have him as our guest today. Uh, uh, so uh, like everybody else, he has uh, done districts in West Bengal. He is a literature graduate, uh, did his post-graduation in political science and also did an MBA from abroad. Um, having served in the districts in West Bengal, uh, he has specialized in, uh, uh, you know, five major departments uh, and for a very, very long time in all, I would say, uh, he has been in charge of the department of personnel, both in his state cadre and in the center. He has had very long stints in industries and commerce and agriculture, which he did both in the state. And uh, my second time when I met him was in the center when he was uh, joint secretary uh, uh, and had transitioned from being joint secretary in the food processing department to horticulture. And I still remember a conversation we had with him on the GMOs. Uh, and I think that was a fantastic uh, conversation. And I very fondly remembered it this year when we did a workshop on GMO. And we recalled you in January 2020. Uh, 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 so that is Sir's little background. And uh, 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 with those words, I once again welcome Sir. And we will now straight away jump into our conversation, getting to know a little bit of the man behind uh, the officer. Uh, so Sir, we'd like to know uh, a little bit before uh, you joined uh, the services in the year 1985, 
uh, we are given to understand that you were toying with the idea of being a journalist uh, and I think it flows from your educational background and in a way it has come full circle uh, that you have yes, carried that passion of being creative <laughs> Uh, not just by writing this book, but also by being the honorary curator of one of the most uh, famous and well-known and well-institutionalized and organized uh, literature and arts festival called the Valley of Words, which is held in Dehradun every year. We will talk more about that, sir, but a little bit about your pre-entry uh, into the UPSC and how life has come full circle for you, sir. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Thank you so much, Mukda. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, uh, I was still doing my master's in history. You see, let me just go back a little further into this. You see that till 1979, uh, before the Kothari Commission stepped in, uh, you know, you just had to be 20 years old to join the IPS. And because my father was in the, in the, in the BSF, and uh, was very fond of his uniform, and I was also very fond of seeing him, you know, uh, and I, I like the style of living in a cantonment and, you know, spit and polish and everything. So I was quite keen to join the IPS, and uh, at that point of time, if you just, if for the IPS, you had to be 20 years old, and you just had to clear one paper. There were many sets of papers. Before 1979, the IS exam was very different. So you had different exam for the IPS, you had additional papers for the IAS and so on and so forth. So I thought, let me just finish my BA honors in English and I'll sit for the uh, for the IPS. And that is it. I mean, life is made, so I'll do my horses and my polo and, and life would be set. Uh, but unfortunately or fortunately, I think fortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately uh, for me, the Kothari Commission recommendations about the change of the UPSC pattern of examinations stepped in. And therefore, I had to look at another subject, so I picked up history. So I took my master's in history after doing my literature. And then I, some of the other, uh, while studying history, I decided and felt that, you know, one has to be, one has to see how history is being made. So one wanted to be part of the, of the contemporary setting of how history is made. And uh, therefore, I no longer wanted to be a civil servant. And at the age of 20, I, this opening came up in the Times of India as training journalist. So I applied and I was fortunate to uh, to get into Times of India. At that time I was less than, I was in my 20th, 21st year. I mean, I've just, I've not completed 21 by that time. So for first three and a half years, I was in the media. Uh, and two years into Times of India, I realized that, you know, uh, journalism is not, I mean, journalists are there at the, at the, at the sort of periphery, you know, that they, they don't really get to. So they, it's a very idolized sort of a profession. I mean, uh, very few people get access to to meeting the, the the top leadership and things. A lot of it is very grunt work. Uh, I was fortunate; I enjoyed that work also. But around uh, 83, 84, uh, a lot of colleagues uh, in the office were taking the civil services examination, and uh, my father was very keen that I take up this uh, the civil services examination. So he sort of uh, once challenged me and said that you know it's so easy. In fact, I remember. Uh, when my leader articles would come in the Economic Times at age 22, 23, and I showed it to my father, he says, Ye kya hai? I mean, if there is dumb hai to, you know, crack this exam. And uh, I said, uh, he says, you crack it and then you can leave it. So that's how it tempted me or sort of cajoled me or sort of, you know, uh, you know he sort of got me into a phase where he 
challenged me. He says, can you do it? I said, what the hell? What do you think? I can't do it. I can do it. And that's how the journey to the uh, to the IS started. Then I started preparing. Then I realized that I had little time because it, I mean, didn't have the luxury of taking the exam many times over. So I uh, decided to take the examination with philosophy and anthropology because these were much shorter subjects in in uh, content. And from then on, the journey to the IS began. <coughs> but these. Uh, <clears throat> Two or three years in the media were also very good uh, in the sense that one got an idea of how fallible people are. You know, how fallible politicians are, how fallible uh, very senior officers are. And, uh, you know, so so that 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 big hawa about, you know, a secretary or about a minister, that disappeared. So that normal, uh, you know, dar, what we call, or, or the sort of thing that you have that youngsters nowadays feel when they talk to a collector or somebody. I mean, part of it wasn't there because my father was in the services. But the other part disappeared. I mean, that the fear of the politician or the fear of the of the leader, that went. And one, one was able to engage in a frank conversation. One also realized in the media that if you do your homework well, uh, then you can engage in intelligent conversations with anyone and everyone. And being in the media also taught me that it is not very difficult uh, to get uh, to get a to get a general overview uh, in about in about three to four hours if you are if if you have the material at your command and I must tell you you see that before all this Wikipedia's and all this internet came into being the way information was organized in the newspaper offices in fact there used to be big folders and big files where newspaper cuttings used to be there on a particular subject of all newspapers in the world. Uh, and therefore, you had, a, if you were working on, say, suddenly, uh, like, you know, you were asked to work on, 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 on I was in seconded to the Economic Times, and if you were to work on, on a trade deal with Russia or on Russian foreign policy, you would already have a lot of material available. So what you require, therefore, both as a good journalist and as a good administrator, is the ability to, uh, to look at information uh, holistically, and then connect the dots. I think that is what, what I learned from the world of media. And that's helped me a lot during my more than three and a half decades in the IAS. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Uh, no, uh, that's very relevant, sir. Uh, connecting the dots is something that, uh, you know, holds true for the media and uh, uh, for an officer. Uh, uh, so just taking on from what you've said, did you ever get to interact as a journalist pre your UPSC with any administrator? Did you have any kind of interesting anecdotes of uh, where you interviewed anybody or where you did a story involving bureaucrats? Uh, any any uh, any well, report of those times? No, I would say that, you see, we had, uh, we would have uh, fairly good interactions with the the then joint secretaries of the industries uh, labor department and others in their in their press conference and things i remember going there and uh, among the names that i would recall would be mr sani gm sani i would recall his name and a few others but uh, but not really uh, people who were controversial as such i mean people this were these were these were interacting with people at press conferences right so one was one was too junior i mean why I mean, what was I? I was a trainee journalist in that period, so I would tag along with the seniors for uh, uh, for their press conference and things. So I mean, no, I was not. It's like you know, I was barely out of my probation in the 
in the times of India before I made this transition, right? So that's not. I mean, I, I won't. I won't have much recall of. Uh, I, I would know that yes, there were press conferences and we would meet people and and talk to them. So tell us something, sir, about your own probation days and how the academy was in your times. How the syllabus was. Uh, what you liked doing. Uh, what was good about the academy? How was the food in the mess? How was the stay in the hostel? How are your own deputy directors and the directors? And now that you are back on the hot seat, uh, what is it that uh, in your last one and a half years of being in the academy uh, and also emanating from your own experience as a probationer, uh, what have you uh, changed or what kind of, uh, uh, you know, changed, uh, if any, talk about um, uh, uh, as the director of the academy, sir? You see, there are three phases that I have been in the academy. I've been in the academy as a probationer, then, as you recall, I was in the academy as a deputy director, and I am now the director of the academy. Let's talk about these three phases. You see, one of the <clears throat> one of the clear uh, one of the one of the things which I want to share is you see that uh, back then uh, people were not posted to the academy because they wanted to be posted to the academy. So that is one fundamental change which I saw from 1985 to 1995. By 1995, uh, we were being asked, would you like to join the academy? And only those who wanted to join the academy were in the academy. So I think that's a very big change from 1985 to 1995, and which has continued. And the credit for that would go to the leadership at that time, Dr. Saxena and the others who, who were able to uh, build. Uh, I mean, it was the, it was the, it was the, uh, the, the, the faculty the deputy directors became the core and the center of life in the academy, as was there in your time. Remember the play we did on you? I still can't get over your name. Uh, can I share it with everyone, or can I can I not share it with everyone? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we used to do a play. We we named her Rukda Jina. You know that that play to match with her name Mukda Sina. But anyway, so coming back to 1985, you see, 1985, we must understand that the academy was passing through a very bad time. In the 80s, and therefore, I think that is what has what has the 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 joy, the cheer, the verve, the uh, the the celebration that we now call the academy was not there in my times. But let me explain the reasons for that. Because you see, in 1982, Mr. P. S. Appu, the then director, had taken a very firm stand <clears throat> against an officer who had brandished a gun at a lady probationer during the Bharatdarsh. Oh, sorry, during the uh, during the village visit. Now he had recommended the dismissal of this officer trainee, then called a probationer. But the government did not accept the 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 dicta or the view of the director. Uh, <clears throat> as a result of it, the director put in his papers. Now, when the director put in his papers in 1982, because the government did not back him for taking action against an officer who brandishes a gun at his lady colleague. You can imagine the sort of uh, impact it would have had on the other faculty and on the other probation. They would have felt that you can get away with blue murder. So I think that one incident put back the academy by uh, by a long, by, you know, it, it really shook the academy because, I mean, nobody would take a stand. I mean, today, if the director says something, I know fully well that the, that the DOP would have backed me up so completely. Right. And that unless that happens, unless that happens, unless the director has that sort of and that confidence has to come from day to day, from, from the day to day things that we do. Look, 
finally the frankly the director is part of the dopt and we have to work in tandem but if there are very strong views of issues of indiscipline and something if that is tolerated if that's tolerated uh, in a in a setting which i would say was very very uh, 40 years ago was a very feudal society was a very feudal mindset where it was considered okay theek hai kuch kara to nahi now can you imagine that sort of a situation today can you imagine that happening to any one of my my colleagues here today i mean i would make mincemeat out of that he, he won't even think of it i mean the whole thought wouldn't have that was one then to add to this we had this major fire in 18, 1984 which destroyed the physical aspects of the academy nobody was very keen to come here and therefore uh, our probation days were what we did with ourselves i mean so it's not it's not we we had a great time we had an absolutely great time there is no doubt about it we have a great time because you are young at that time and therefore any group of young people uh, when they are together they are bright they are intelligent and they are happy they just cracked a very tough exam so it's a, it was a nice thing i enjoyed my 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 stay i was in the happy this mahanadi hostel i enjoyed my host riding at a very good group of friends uh, very good uh, dada banerji was a was a very distinguished counselor for me so we had some very good faculty members as well but that that sort of feeling which you got in 1994 as a as 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 a combined comprehensive academy faculty working together you know sharing meals sharing comrade there that uh, was not as 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 strong in those days but having said that it was a it was a great time so from then on i think the transition started when mr b n yugander took over as the director of the academy mr yugander took over as the director of the academy he brought to the academy uh, gravitas and he brought to the academy funds i mean because you can't do anything unless you have good infrastructure right so uh, this entire infrastructure that you see now around the academy in fact today it's the director's uh, office and the shalwell and the reception these are the only Uh, symbols of the old uh, the old era so you have new dhrushila as i see dhrushila dhrushila had come up in your times was coming up in your times perhaps and this gyanshila uh, that gyanshila was not there in your times but this karmshila was there kalindi came up in your times so gradually the infrastructure of the academy started improving with the infrastructure of the academy improving then what happened was that the academy had its own research centers which to mr yugander it started taken on very successfully then by Dr. Saxena, then by Dr. Habibullah, uh, then by Mr. Baswan, sorry, Baswan, then Habibullah. So after that, you know, the academy has been on a on a on a curve, which is on on which academy has been improving in terms of its uh, uh, academic resources, in terms of physical infrastructure, and and we and therefore today it's one of the finest places to be in the country. Like this Sochcast, tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Uh, uh, I also suggest after hearing you on this question that you should also consider after you finish your first book, uh, 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 you know, uh, another book on capturing the history of the academy because I think you'll do a very good job of it. So, <laughs> uh, that was very interesting. So we do have a we do have a coffee table book. I'll show it to you. So I'll just get me the coffee table book. I'll just yeah. show it to you. We have we have on the 60th year. Idhar padi hai isme. उंडियंस 
based out of uh, LBSNA, which covers all the facets of uh, LBSNA, including the wonderful infrastructure that we have, um, has come out. And uh, it has, in fact, gone viral because it's very beautifully short and captures everything that the Trainee Academy does. And I felt very, very nostalgic watching that. So many compliments to you, sir, for that also. Uh, because it is uh, uh, actually uh, helping in outreach and, you know, breaking this whole, uh, uh, you know, accessibility <laughs> barrier between the civil uh, society and uh, the civil servants. Because there's always a lot of, uh, you know, anxiety about, uh, 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 you know, post uh, entry into the UPSC as to how one is trained. And also there is a lot of uh, curiosity and jigyasa. And uh, to tell you, sir, there's a lot of people uh, who are aspiring civil servants who have joined us today, uh, either through the various coaching centers or through the book-loving uh, audience uh, that we have. A lot of people whose children are interested and uh, uh, the parents and the children, because of the lockdown, are watching it together with us. Uh, sir, we live in the post-COVID times where a lot has changed in terms of how the public views uh, 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 the civil service today and just for the first time that, uh, you know, almost uh, every pillar of uh, uh, society, the be it the political executive, uh, uh, be it the civil society, in fact, even the media who has been our very, very vocal critique has for the first time uh, been very, very appreciative and in fact, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, from various streams including the social media, one has heard good things about the Corona warriors, how when everybody else <laughs> in lockdown, it was the civil servants, including the health workers, the municipal uh, staff, the collectors, uh, the uniformed police uh, people, the personnel who were out there uh, fighting uh, for us. How does it feel, uh, uh, you know, um, and I also am told by one of your uh, 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 junior colleagues uh, and we were having a conversation yesterday that when he was doing his, I think, second phase of training, there was this whole, uh, you know, group of people who had asked you that, uh, uh, you know, how is it that, uh, you know, the bureaucracy has changed, there is so much of political pressure and you went back after that little conversation and actually held a class for all the officer trainees and explained to them so I think this is a good time to ask you that question because we are in the phase where the interaction between the civil society and the civil servants because of COVID is making a change for the better. And this platform also, sir, incidentally, uh, is a platform uh, which tries to do exactly this, open up the civil service to the civil society, is a platform for informal interaction so that that chasm that exists uh, between us and them, which uh, 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 may be more perceptive uh, uh, than it otherwise may be, uh, will, has been getting broken as we have been doing these uh, events uh, where we have a lot of uh, you know, interest from the civil society. In fact, we have more members of the civil society uh, joining us than probably our own brethren being here. Uh, so how, how do you see these changing times and how do you see the future of the a public service, especially when we talk of downsizing, because I was a product of the downsizing batch. We were only 52. And today, when I come back to the academy, I see there are more than 300 only uh, uh, members of the Indian Administrative Service, uh, apart from the civil service as a whole. 
so how do you see this whole thing of uh, uh, you know minimum governments and maximum governance especially in the post covid or the times as we emerge from the covid uh, times sir uh mudda you asked too many questions too many questions uh, <laughs> okay first of all i think it's a great great change from your times to now in the sense that this year we had 58 lady officer trainees and they also made a film called the 58 uh, which i don't know whether you you seen that 58 that film 58 no you haven't seen it okay i'll just send it to you this is the this is short snippets from each of the 58 lady officer trainees so we had you know courage we we, we gave a we gave a, a feature to all of them courage confidence poise beauty grace you know charm uh, confidence so it's a very nice movie which i'll share with you uh, so it's also i think that also became quite viral i'm surprised why you haven't seen it so i'll i'll show you that uh, now you see the 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 question that had come up in phase 3 was about the interface between the is officer and the political leadership and the and the civil society you see one of the in fact another change that i would i would say that from from my times to your times to now is that you see we were told that look the politician is a big no no you can't really talk to him he's different you are different so we were trying to divide the world into very neat compartments this is the work of the collector this is the work of the minister this is the work of the municipal corporation this is the work of this and this is the work of civil society this is where you don't even step into this is a subject you don't touch you don't talk about transgenders you don't talk about sex workers i mean they don't exist right so that was the world in 1985 in 1985 let's take i'm take anything like transgenders 1985 could you have imagined a transgender even entering the academy i mean today a transgender is welcome to the academy as a resource person now that is a major 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 shift and i think that's you know so what was happening was that we were told we were told in our time then perhaps because the leadership then you still had icis officers in those days they felt that you know this is their job this is the job so there was a watertight compartment perceived watertight compartment in theory so in practice you hobnobbed and in theory you were told that you maintain you know separate uh, you know sort of thing so it was a so it was a very muddled kind of an approach by 95 if you remember some of our faculty members gave you the impression that look we are the knights in the shining armor we are the bright young people who will save the country from all the wretched goons around us now these are the sort of things which have which have created a which created an unnecessary tension between the civil servant and the political leadership that you work with now fortunately and i think that's partly to do with uh with with the uh, with with the way i grew up with the uh with with the with the fact that i was also involved in student union movement and things you know one realized quite early in life that this binary which we create between the good bureaucrat and the ugly politician that binary does not exist there are good people in every profession and there are bad people everywhere there are good teachers there are bad teachers there are good ias officers there are bad ias officers there are good ips officers there are excellent ips officers and there are there are useless ias officers i mean just because a person became makes it to the ias doesn't make him uh, i mean i mean he doesn't get a new halo around his head and he suddenly doesn't wake up with the with the delphic oracle around him that he law or be pure wisdom he or she would be pure wisdom so i think what i have realized in 30 years is that one should not one should be able once one has to accept that governance especially 
large public systems, large public systems can only be managed when you collaborate and cooperate. You know, so both these elements of, you know, collaboration and cooperation, they have to go together. Now, if somebody, you know, and you have to be able to make your point of view across in a manner which does not cause offense to the other person. And I think this is one of the problems which a lot of our colleagues have that, you know, if you do not agree with the, with the viewpoint of the political leadership, <coughs> you have to put your point of view across. And unless you are being asked to do something unconstitutional, I mean, go ahead and, you know, find a way to, to sort of sort it out. So I think this whole thing that I must stand on, I mean, look, the political, as long as the political leadership is elected uh, in a democratic and a fair manner, and we are all working for so many, you, you're working for a, for, a, for, a, for a Congress government. I mean, the Academy and the DOPD, this works under the BJP regime. I worked for the Trinamool Congress in, uh, in West Bengal. Before that, there was the CPM regime in West Bengal. So all of us will get to work with different political dispositions. As long as you are very clear, uh, and as long as you are in a position to deliver or to provide the best options that are available, so I think the relationship and the wrapper would be very good. Coming back to the first point that you made about <coughs> our role as frontline warriors. You see, and especially when you compare the situation in the USA, I think one of the good things has been that it's been very easy for all of us to collaborate with each other because we all know each other. This network of the IAS and the IPS and the and all the services put together has been actually very good in uh, in, in getting solutions across. I mean, for instance, uh, when the formally, when the when uh, uh, when when you know, uh, if, if, if for instance, I, I mean, formally that matter never had to be. I'll give you a very small example. I mean, there were some Bengali tourists who were stranded in Bageshwar and Almora and all these places. So it did not even require an inter interaction between the CS and CS of two states. It required just an interaction between batchmates at the level of the district. So a problem uh, of, of inter inter you know state interstate pan-India collaboration could be handled by people with seven to ten years of seniority. In any other system, it would have had to be escalated to the very top. For example, in, in the USA, I mean, how would Florida and, uh, and say New Jersey or, or Houston and something else, how would Texas and they collaborate? It's, it's at the level of the governor, right? So there are no institutions below that. So here in India, COVID was handled because it was handled by very young officers seven to 10 years of service across the IS and the IPS, who all knew each other. And if he did not know somebody, if Mukda doesn't know somebody, Mukda's friend would know somebody, your batchmate would know somebody, or your senior would know somebody. So that's how things were sorted out, right? And then we had this lovely pl platform, Karuna uh, Civil Services, all coming together with income tax and ordnance factories and railways, everybody coming together. I mean, the thought of you know using the rail coach factory to make PPEs and to make ventilators, you know, it, it emerged from the it emerged from this because we are used to collaboration. I think that's a very important uh, lesson that all of us have learned this time. That so far we were learning to collaborate within ourselves and with ourselves. This time the problem was so huge and so immense that we also had to reach out to civil society. Let me also say that there was a reluctance on the part of some of us to first reach out to civil society. We would ideally want to do everything ourselves. We reach out only when we cannot, and that's human nature. You see, as long as you can do the thing yourself, you will not want to reach out. So this corona has also taught us that, that in fact, the, when you look at the hierarchy of corona, you also understand, uh, in a philosophical sense, the difference between an endemic, an epidemic, and a pandemic. 
So an endemic would require local solutions. An epidemic would require regional solutions. But a pandemic would require global collaboration, and uh, and therefore you would require large public systems to handle it. 